We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. The coronavirus pandemic is decimating California child care centers as hundreds close because of falling enrollment and the risk of illness for staff. At 9.30, we'll hear about a new report from the University of California, Berkeley, that outlines the economic impact of the virus on child care. But first, Major League Baseball is back and one team is already facing a virus outbreak. We'll talk about the return of some pro sports and we want to hear from you. What do you think of games without fans and an NBA season without the Warriors? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786 or email forum at kqed.org. That's forum at kqed.org. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. It was almost like a typical weekend of baseball in July. The Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants both faced off against their L.A.-based rivals, the Angels and the Dodgers. But things at the ballparks were anything but normal. The fans in the seats were really cardboard cutouts, and the crowd noise on TV was piped in. And less than a week into the season, the MLB faces its first coronavirus crisis with the Miami Marlins postponing their home opener tonight after 14 members of the team tested positive for COVID-19. The Yankees game in Philadelphia was also called off tonight, as that was the last stop for the Miami Marlins team. With baseball underway, the NBA starts its own modified season on Thursday. Still, some lower-tier teams, like our own Golden State Warriors, will sit out the remainder of the seasons. Uh, season make that. And we're going to talk about the return of sports with San Francisco Chronicle columnist Ann Killian. And Ann, welcome back to Forum. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, Michael. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you, uh, but uh, a little ominous, uh, particularly in light of the news of the Miami Marlins not playing their opener with the Orioles and a game called off with the Yankees. Uh, I'm thinking about a headline that you did in a column that said the only winner this baseball season is coronavirus, and unfortunately that seems to be, well, coming into fruition. Yeah, I you, you used the word ominous. I think the whole concept of trying to shoehorn sports into a pandemic it has been ominous from the very start it it doesn't make sense really um you know the the fact that some pro leagues in other parts of the world um specifically soccer in in germany and in in western europe have have been able to 
restart and complete their season successfully, you know, they, they, they got the virus under control before they started sports. In this country, we haven't gotten it even remotely under control. And what's going on right now with, you know, the Marlins, 14 members of their team have tested positive. They knew they were positive before the game yesterday and allowed them to play, um, according to, to, to reports that are just breaking right now. Um, the Nationals played the Yankees in the very first game on Thursday. Um, they had a player test positive. He hasn't played, but, but clearly their whole team was exposed. Um, and baseball's whole uh, reaction to, to that was like a big shrug. Um, and now we find out that a, a players just, you know, voted and decided that they got to play, even though they had positive tests, exposing obviously another team. Um, they're, the Marlins had been in Atlanta um, for an exhibition last last week, so perhaps the Braves were exposed. The Phillies are supposed to play the Yankees tonight, and that game has been postponed. Maybe the Yankees potentially getting exposed or having to call off games will finally get NLB's attention because the first few days of this, it just seemed like, um, I don't know, they they seemed to think that they could tame the virus somehow by by sheer will, and, and as we know, that's ridiculous. Well, they've just been kind of putting things off, but uh, it's a business, and they decided we're going to have a 60-game season and leave it at that. But at this point, um, as I understand it, maybe you can clarify this for me, uh, there are privacy guidelines in the, uh, as far as non-work-related illnesses. Uh, players don't have to give permission. Uh, uh, excuse me, they, they don't have to actually reveal what, what is ailing them or what their problem is if they have a non-related illness of some kind, that being, of course, COVID-19. I don't think they have, well, yeah, I mean, which is very problematic anyway, if you're going to, um, I mean, they don't have to reveal it to the public. I think internally um, that, from what I understand, the, the other team members of the Marlins knew that their teammates had tested positive. So yeah, but Ann, forgive I mean, me, excuse think, me, what I'm getting at here is where's the transparency in all this and what is the strategy? There's no behind? transparency. There's no transparency. Yes, there isn't any. And that's part of the problem. And then, you know, the NFL says it's going to start, you know, the, start training camp this week and, and there will be no transparency there either. And that's, you know, take whatever's happening in baseball and multiply it by three or four in terms of the numbers of people involved in a football team. I mean, it, it just, you know, I, I've talked, I've been, most of what I've been writing about for four months is how, uh, sports can restart in the midst of a pandemic. And, you know, the scientists all say, well, it really can't. And yet, because of uh, financial wishes, uh, the owners have gone ahead and try, are trying to force this in. And, you know, the NBA is doing it differently. They're going to be in a bubble. They've been in a bubble for a couple of weeks now. And, you know, they're trying to complete a season, which I think is a lot different than trying to start a season like baseball is doing um, and that football wants to. And it just, you know, even even in the bubble in, in Florida, uh, a player was excused to go to a family funeral and he happened to stop at a strip club while he was there. So now he's got to be quarantined. I mean, I mean, it's just it, 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 a lot of it just doesn't make any sense to anyone who's been watching what happened in, outside outside of sports in the real world. Um, and, you know, Sean Doolittle, who used to be with the A's, he's with the Nationals now, he had, he had to me with the quote of the pandemic in terms of sports, he said, sports is the reward for a functioning society. And right now, you know, the rest of our society isn't functioning in terms of this virus. So I don't know how we think we can, we can have sports. 
I don't know if you agree with Joe Nocera, who writes for the Boston Herald. He said the power of the virus is essentially the power to break the sports world. Well, I mean, sure. Uh, you know, Rudy Gobert tested positive and, and it, the whole sports world shut down within, you know, hours. And I think that that, um, in many ways, back in March when that happened with the NBA, um, I think it was one of the first times that America took this took the virus seriously, that, that you know, if if these multi-billion dollar enterprises are shutting down because of it, um, maybe it's a big deal. And in that way, sports can, can you know, kind of guide the way, but it certainly isn't guiding the way in terms of reopening. It's just, um, it's nonsensical. Once, you know, baseball teams, like this happened with the Marlins, they're in Philadelphia, they're traveling, you know, the, the players are not in a bubble. They're not self-isolating. They're, they're all going out into their communities, into their homes. Um, they're going to go through airports and get it, go through hotel lobbies. It just, it, the way they're trying to do it doesn't make any sense. Talking with Ann Killian and uh, talking about the return of sports with San Francisco Chronicle columnist Ann Killian. If you have something you'd like to say here or if you'd like to weigh in or if you have questions we want to hear from you, you can give us a call right now at our toll-free number. The number to call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook or at KQED Forum or email. Any questions or comments you might have to forum at kqed.org. I was just thinking about the effect of this, Ann, on not only, well, sports journalists like you, but also on the fans, of course, on the coaches. Uh, and uh, the word that came to mind was was deprivation. A lot of people really love sports and are suffering as a result of this. And there's also something very surreal about it. And I was going to ask you about, you talk about the bubble. The bubble in Orlando uh, for basketball is one thing, but no dubs. And I'm wondering how Warriors fans and fans in the Bay Area are just, well, reacting to the fact that the Warriors are not in the basketball season, as truncated as it may be? I don't think it. I mean, really, I don't think anyone really cares. Um, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I think uh, Rick Welch told me um, back in April, we picked a really good year to suck. And they did because, you know, they don't have the stress of having to go down there to play meaningless games. There are a few teams that are are down there that will be trying to kind of get into the playoff picture, but without, you know, kind of unlikely. I, I feel bad for those teams. They're having to leave their families. They're having to go into a stressful environment um, on, on the slim hope that they might be able to make, uh, to make the playoffs. You know, it's different if you're LeBron and the Lakers and you were going to be a, a top seed and, and, you know, you feel you have unfinished business, but I don't think the Warriors have any regrets whatsoever. Um, and, you know, the whole thing about deprivation, I mean, I just, you know, I hear that from sports fans, but, but, you know, I mean, sure. Do, are we all entertained by sports? Yes. But again, I go back to what Sean Little said, sports are the reward for a functioning society. And I think most people will take a little deprivation to feel, I mean, I don't, I'm not enjoying watching these baseball games at all. Um, I find them, they seem very bizarre with the cardboard cutouts, with the fake, uh, the fake crowd noise, the, announcers on TV are, you know, talking about the cardboard cutouts like they have some sort of meaning. Um, I, I mean, it, it doesn't feel lighthearted to me. It doesn't feel particularly fun. It feels um, stressful. Like you kind of wonder what, what's going to happen next. And, you know, the A's won a game the other night with a walk-off home run, and they all piled on each other like old times. And all you could think about is like, well, if there's one guy in that group that tests positive, 
they're all going to test positive because they're completely dogpiling on each other. So I, you know, I, I understand I'm a sports writer. This is what I do for a living. I understand that sports has a, a big part in our society and people do enjoy it. And it's a wonderful pastime, but this doesn't feel like, um, you know, super entertaining to me thus far. Well, as you said in one of your columns, maybe the key position in baseball is the inspector, uh, infection general, the infection control prevention coordinator, an impossible job. More important maybe than the pitcher or the catcher or any position on the field. But what about all this rhetoric you hear? You know, it, we, we need our national pastime. we got to heal. We, it's for morale. It's all of those kind of good things that unify us. Well, you know, the people who say those things tend to be the people who are going to profit from this. Um, I don't really hear a lot of uh, or the people who have a political agenda to make to make it seem like to minimize the virus. Um, you know, there are I won't name names, but there are certain leaders that have, you know, demanded that we have to have sports back to be to be normalized. Well, we're not living in a normal time, you know, and other people like agents and you know, Rob Manfred, the, the commissioner of baseball, who represents the owners, who really the reason they have a 60 game season is to rush to get to the playoffs, which is where the owners will make their money on on the television revenue. So, um, you know, it, it, it I, those words ring pretty hollow to me. They always do. I don't think that, um, you know, that this this isn't a one time thing like seven was where there was an attack and people wanted to to you know get get back to feeling good about things um this is something that's been going on for months and months and there's um you know over 140,000 people are dead and uh we don't seem to be able to get this under control it's become a political issue as well as a health issue and and it just um you know, I don't. I don't know that playing um, a a truncated baseball season is is really <laughs> great great for the nation's morale um, at this point. Again, we're talking to uh, Native daughter Ann Killian, San Francisco Chronicle columnist, and a tweet from Noel who says maybe it's better that the Warriors aren't playing, hoping Clay and Steph will be ready next year. And here's a caller. Logan joins us. Logan from Oxford, Mississippi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I was hoping I could uh, uh, get a response or uh, just raise a question. The, the, the quote that your guest said, sports is a reward for a functioning society. Um, and because of that, I'm starting to think that it seems the players of these teams have uh, unlimited testing. Uh, you know, it seems they have instant access to any testing while hospitals and schools are not functioning. So I was wondering if she could maybe uh, – Speak to the uh, testing for the players and uh, how uh, they access it compared to the normal public. Aren't they getting tested every day, Ann? They're get, yeah, and and I think um, at the at the very least that's terrible optics, and at the at the worst it's it's just kind of immoral that you know you and I cannot go out and get a test. Um, teachers who are going to be expected to to teach kids may not have access to timely testing. Yet these athletes are going to be tested every other day um and you know it it is it's it's it, it looks terrible and they say well we're doing it to our own labs so it's not interfering with with um the public testing but still we read about shortages of nasal swabs shortages of ppe short you know that there's still issues with with the supplies that are required for testing and so they you know whether it's their own lab or or not it's still is taking up testing and you know i my daughter 
she is working in an essential business. She she couldn't get a test, and then when she did get a test, it took a week to get the results back, and she couldn't go to work for a week. Like that's you know the, the fact that these people, these athletes, are getting all these tests. It just it, it looks really bad. It looks it looks like they're living in their own little world, which is kind of what they are. It's it's almost like they're playing by a different set of rules than the rest of us. Like you said, the optics are pretty bad. And uh, the word immoral, I, I don't think, is inappropriate either. Let me bring a caller on here. Jules joins us. Jules, good morning. Oh, good morning, Michael. We know that soccer is the biggest sport all over the world. What are the Europeans doing about soccer? Well, I, I mentioned that um, they, they completed their season, uh, but they also got the virus under control in, in the places where they completed it. Um, the MLS is um, is playing in a bubble in Orlando and thus far has done it successfully. I, I talked to the Earthquakes um, star veteran player uh, who is also the MLS's leading all-time scorer, Chris Wondolowski, last week. And, you know, he's 37. He has two kids and a wife back here. He's FaceTiming them every day. He's living in a bubble. The Earthquakes play tonight. They advance to the knockout round, so they have a have a round of 16 game tonight. Um, the NWSL, which is the Women's Professional League, just completed a bubble tournament um, yesterday with Houston winning the title. Um, and they completed it without any positive tests. So one team could never make it because of positive tests. So they were down to, I, I believe it started, they have eight, they have nine teams in the league and eight teams were in the bubble. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty limited amount of, of people. Uh, and they were successful in being able to do it for a month. But, but um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, uh, I, I don't really think any, anything that's going on in Europe is relevant to us right now because our country's in a very different stage. Let me read some comments coming in. Greg writes, distracting the stupid masses with cheering wildly while a bunch of billionaires throw balls around and their own lives sink into squalor. Take the billions going into sports and put it into schools, reparations to blacks, anything. And Richard writes, uh, how's the homeless in the stadium until the pandemic is over? There's lots of wasted space. Remove the seats temporarily. They can cheer on the Giants instead of cardboard cutouts. There are lots of bathrooms. And here's Sean. Sean, join us. You're on the air. Thank you so much. Um, I'm, I was thinking about the comment you made about sports being a result of a functioning society. And the first thing that came to my mind is that sports is also a replacement for warfare. And what we see happening in the streets of Seattle and Portland and across America seems like there's like an unrest. There's an emotional need that might not be being fed by sports. That's an interesting point. Psychologically, I don't know if you want to comment on uh, what Sean said here, Anne, but uh, there's a lot of probably uh, agitation about the pandemic, too, that plays into this. But your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in in. In past real wars, we continue to have sports. That's one of the things that baseball is, you know, I don't know, hanging its hat on is that even during World War One um, and World War Two, the, uh, you know, went on even while, you know, many of its players were, were drafted, et cetera. Um, so I don't know that it's really a replacement for war, but um, I mean, I just think, I think that there's a lot of um, emotions are running super high. Um, it's, People don't feel good right now. They don't feel carefree. And I think 
um, more than a replacement for war, sports is um, a, a, you know, people, it, it makes people feel good. And, it, you know, you embrace it. And you think about all the fun that the Bay Area had with the Warriors um, in recent years and with the Giants before that, um, even with the 49ers making the Super Bowl as a surprise, which, my goodness, that seems like a million years ago, not just in February. Um, you know, it, it, it makes people feel good. And I don't know that people it, – you, people are it's not going to make people feel good in the midst of this there's too many there are too many other things going on um that require our attention and our vigilance and and uh and i don't know that being distracted by a baseball game is really what people crave right now i think people are Some also people very do. upset about racial injustice and they're out in the streets protesting because of the present administration i mean there's certainly some real factors right. there Right. And I, I mean, what's happening in the Northwest is extremely frightening. Um, and um, in terms of the, the social justice, that is an interesting intersection with sports, because, of course, um, you know, sports has been a place where the social justice movement has um, played out, has people have like Colin Kaepernick have have uh, been punished um, for it. And, and I think like when the NBA games start, we're going to see a lot of social justice messaging. Um, we're seeing some of it in baseball, um, certainly some in, in MLS. Um, if you've seen any of the soccer games, they're all wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. Um, so that's, that's kind of an interesting part of, of sports in a pandemic in this intersection of a pandemic and a social justice revolution. So um, that part is kind of interesting to see how that plays out. But again, um, you know, I think the virus kind of overrides everything at this point. Yeah, but lest we forget a kind of um, historical footnote here, it wasn't until uh, Branch Rickey uh, enabled Jackie Robinson to play in Major League Baseball that blacks were playing, African-Americans were playing in the major leagues, and then Larry Doby in the American League uh, what other players, though, and are getting to opt out like uh, Posey did that in the middle of the season, uh, especially if it gets worse? And I have actually a listener who says, Matt writes, I don't understand why the players even want to be on the field. Why don't they all just quit in solidarity? Well, um, that's interesting. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of money at stake for them, too. And, and players, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't put it on the players so much because their careers are so short. You know what I mean? I mean, you're talking about for a, many of them, just a couple of years where you have this earning potential and, and um, yeah, someone like Buster, I mean, I thought that was some real leadership there. Buster opted out. You know, he obviously has made a ton of money in his career. Um, he, he will not get paid this year. Um, he opted out because he and his wife just adopted uh, baby, um, baby girls, twins, twins, and they, uh, yeah, who were born prematurely. And, you know, it's just too much of a high risk for him to, to be involved and be afraid of bringing the virus back home into their bubble. So he opted out. And I think, you know, that only adds to kind of his classy legend um, as being kind of the, the adult in the room at all times. Um, but some, some players don't have that option. They, they can't opt out unless they are high risk um, themselves. And so, uh, you know, they, they would not get paid. And I'm just kind of trying to dig a little bit through the agreement that the NFL players came to. And they also, um, ha there are some concerns about 
about that, about opting out. I, I just, you know, you have to have, a, they, they list like 15 medical conditions um, that you would have to have. I, I just think there's, it's, it's, it's scary because I think a lot of athletes are, have, have bought a little bit into the, oh, if you're young and healthy, you don't really have to worry. Uh, but the reality is we don't know. We have, what, six months of data on this disease? We just don't know, and we don't know what the long-term effects are. So I am kind of surprised that more healthy young athletes are not opting out because they don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to leave it there, Ann. Always good to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michael. That's Ann Killian of the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.